What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Row Show. At time of recording, it is 5.28 p.m. on Saturday, December 30th, 2017, and this is a very quick year and reflection that I'm going to do by myself. We may or may not put up a part two of a year-end 2017 in reflection that I will record uh, later tonight with some other people who are staying with me here at 1991 Royal Palm Way in Boca Raton, Florida. But for right now, I am just going to do a little bit of solo reflecting because, and I apologize as my phone goes off, I have tried multiple times, I believe four times, to record a Weekly Scorch since the last Weekly Scorch with Sam Hannon went up on SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play and all the lovely places you can find all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire. But a series of different digital mishaps have prevented me from being able to upload them. I also recorded a year-end music pod with my good friend Jacob Kinder. That was uh, very, very top quality, one of the two or three best podcasts I've done this year. And alas, my computer froze shortly after we finished recording. I had not saved it, and thus we lost it to the digital sands of time. So I apologize about that. I apologize about not uploading a podcast at any point in the last month, month and a half or so. I believe the last episode that we uploaded was a Thanksgiving NFL pod with uh, my my very good friend Elliot Bruce, who I hope is doing well. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. I hope everybody is somewhere nice with uh, friends and or family for the holidays and for New Year's, which is quickly approaching. Uh, some things that I wanted to reel off that I enjoyed about 2017, because obviously we'll get to the big shadow that, that was cast over the entire year, but I wanted to start with some bright things and then end with some bright things. So uh, sports as always, is a wonderful distraction from a lot of the the not-so-happy real-life things that are going on. In the case of Boston sports fans like myself, we had uh, the the Patriots' historical comeback over the Falcons in Super Bowl 51, down 28-3 in the late stages of the third quarter. And uh, that was, you know, probably the greatest moment of Tom Brady's career, which is saying something. It cemented his status as the GOAT. And even for, I think, a lot of people who were not Patriots fans or Falcons fans or even Patriots haters, I think they still uh, were in shock and and just very, not, not I'm not going to say entertained, but just compelled by what they saw play out uh, over the last quarter and a half of that Super Bowl. So I also wanted to give a shout out to the Boston Celtics, uh, who had a tumultuous year, both in terms of Isaiah Thomas's courageous playoff run in the face of both injury and the death of his sister, China, and then his subsequent trade uh, to the Cavaliers for Kyrie Irving, uh, who's been stupendous for the Celtics, and their rookie Jason Tatum is amazing, and it's just been a wild, wild year, and mostly in good ways to to be a Celtics fan, so I'm very thankful. Um as always to be a Boston sportsman, but particularly a Celtics fan. Uh, it was very nice to see the Houston Astros win the World Series, especially given what happened to that city uh, from Hurricane Harvey. I think I got that right. There's been so many natural disasters, I sometimes get the names wrong, but I think it was Hurricane Harvey that hit not only Houston, but uh, large swaths of Texas and other parts of the country. And I was very happy that the Houston Astros won a very, very entertaining World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and it's amazing that Sports Illustrated had an article in 2014 predicting that the Astros would win the World Series in 2017. That's pretty miraculous. Uh, I think it proved, once again, that baseball is incredibly boring for six months and then very, very exciting for three weeks. I think that's just going to be the case from here on out. I think that 
football proved once again that it probably shouldn't be a sport with the concussions, the head injuries, and the general uh, inferior product to previous years because there's less continuity, especially on offensive and defensive lines. There's just less teams that have been together for longer periods of times, less veterans to help show the young kids the way. And therefore, I think all these teams from the Patriots on down are incredibly flawed. And whatever team wins the Super Bowl is going to be incredibly flawed. Uh, I'm very upset that so many big-time stars have gotten hurt in the NFL this year. I think it's a symbol of where we're at uh, in terms of regarding football as a sport, you know. Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, David Johnson, Odell Beckham, Julian Edelman. Uh, the list goes on and on and on and on in terms of guys. Uh, Eric Berry, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman. God, there's so many guys who got injured this year. And it's it's not fair, and it takes the enjoyment out of the game. And meanwhile, the NBA uh, has more star power than ever, and even the middle-class teams in the NBA are super fun to watch and exciting on a night-to-night basis, even if their record isn't all that lofty. And I'm very thankful that the NBA is in a in a good place, and we get to see so many, so much talent at so many different positions, and so many guys who are hitting their prime. It, se- it seems all over the place. Giannis is hitting his prime at 22 or 23, and he's he's the Greek freak. And LeBron is still in his prime in his 15th year at age 32 or 33 or wherever he's at. And it's it's wonderful, and I can't wait to just continue to watch the NBA on a night in night out basis from now until the middle of June. That'll. I. I don't want to harp on too long about sports, but I did have a bunch of great musical moments this year. I thought that Kendrick Lamar, uh, first and foremost, coming out with "Damn." I think there was a little bit. Any anytime anything is is critically lauded uh, all over the spectrum by people of every creed and color and musical taste, that there's a, a, inevitably some backlash that such. An album is overrated, but I think that it's really it's really hard to overstate and overrate Kendrick's place in music today. I don't think he is going to be compared to other rappers at the end of his career. I think he is going to end up in the echelon uh, with Prince and David Bowie and Michael Jackson and the great entertainers, and particularly the great black entertainers of the 20th and early 21st century. I think that him and Kanye and uh, to a lesser degree, slightly lesser degree, Beyonce have sort of elevated themselves to a different like conversation almost. Like I, I don't think you can compare artists like Biggie uh, to Prince, you know? I, I, just, I just don't really make that comparison, but I think Kendrick has defied all of this and Jake said uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Jake a couple times from our <laughs> our long lost end of year music pod when he said that from the moment Pimp a Butterfly came out he considered Kendrick to be the greatest of all time the greatest rapper ever and I I think it's I think it's really hard to argue against it I would put Kendrick's four albums up against any other rapper's best four albums and the only there there are only a handful of hip hop artists ever who have four albums that can go toe to toe with Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City, Pimple Butterfly, and Damn. I would put Kanye's first three albums and Dark Fantasy, so that's College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation, and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, up there. Uh, you could say maybe uh, Jay Z with Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint, Black Album, and his most recent album, 444. That that's a pretty fearsome foursome of albums. Uh, but you know, Biggie and Tupac don't really have four albums that 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 can, that can go 
there. Outcast maybe does. You could do what AT Aliens, Equemini, Stankonia, Speaker Box, Love Below. That's pretty, that's pretty spectacular. That's a fun conversation, but that's for another time. Other great musical moments from this year. My favorite moment of this year was uh, seeing Tyler the Creator release what I think is going to go down as his magnum opus, Flower Boy, this lush, beautiful, emotional, vulnerable album where he sort of lets a, a, most of his 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 grimy fuck you attitude drop he still he still has it in in patches like the song who that boy and then like he still is capable of getting to that uh, uh mosh pit mentality but for the most part it's it's just a tidal wave of uh, it's it's just gorgeous. It it makes me cry. And the the song that caps it for me is the song Boredom, which is my favorite song of 2017. And the video that came out shortly after Tyler's album came out of him performing it at Lollapalooza and having you know tens of thousands of young people just yelling the the find some time, find some time to do some things lyric, uh, like got me to, got me tearing up just just watching it on my laptop. And I couldn't be happier. I, the the narrative of an artist who is clearly talented and releases good work, eventually finding the, himself or herself and making a great album is something that I am such a sucker for. And not only did Tyler do that this year, I think Joey Badass did that this year. We had Lord come out with her second album, Melodrama, which is also beautiful and incredible and so wise for a 20-year-old, the ripe old age of 20 that Lord is at. Uh, Kesha came out with an incredibly liberating album, Uh called Rainbow that uh, chronicles a lot of her stuff about Dr. Luke. SZA, Top Dog Entertainment, uh, had the number one and two ranked albums on Pitchfork's year-end list for what that's worth. I always love reading Pitchfork's top 50 albums of the year list. And SZA with Control was at number two. And then Kendrick, obviously, was number one. Uh, SZA completely blew me away with some some of these songs and the the matter-of-fact way that she talks about things. Uh, it's It's... They're great songs, and it's important subject matter to be talked about, particularly from a woman's perspective. Uh, and to hear it in, excuse me, pop and hip hop and R and B is incredibly encouraging. I think that that's that sort of thing should be talked about more. And other great musical moments of 2017, I really enjoyed. Uh, Father John Misty's song, Pure Comedy, which is off the album Pure Comedy. I have not listened to that full album the way I listened to his previous album, 2015's I Love You, Honey Bear. But uh, Migos came out with Culture. That was really enjoyable. Daniel Caesar burst onto the scene, uh, at least for me. Uh, some people were on him early, but Daniel Caesar and his album Freudian, in particular, the singles Get You and Japanese Denim. Japanese Denim was probably my number two song of 2017. You got Vince Staples had Big Fish Theory, Young Thug, Beautiful Thug Girls, Two Chains, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music, uh, Joey Badass, All-American Badass, um, Forever is a Mighty Long Time, Big Crit, and what? what oh, and uh, Process by Sampha. Uh, just, just, just a bunch of great albums that if people haven't checked out, I couldn't recommend any of those albums highly enough. Other songs that, particular songs that I loved, uh, The Story of OJ by Jay-Z and its accompanying music video, Biking by Frank Ocean, both the solo version and the original version with Jay-Z and Tyler, the creator in it. Uh, the song Lemon, which is the return of N.E.R.D., Pharrell's old collective with Rihanna. I thought Rihanna's verse on Lemon might have been the most enjoyable rap verse of 2017. I am all here. I'm all hands on deck. I'm here for the MC Rihanna era. Uh, that happened not only on Loyalty, although uh, with Kendrick, but Loyalty is really her sort of sing 
rapping, whereas Lemon, she's just straight rapping. And I, I'm all, I've mentioned Rihanna ad nauseum on this podcast, but you know, if there was an actual intergalactic Miss Universe competition, Earth would send Rihanna as our representative. (laughs) I truly believe that. Um, And then a quick shout out to Daniel Caesar and Chance the Rapper's performance of a song called First World Problems on Colbert. It was a very nice spoken word esque performance and that 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 as always evokes a ton of emotions that's what chance does uh, almost better than anybody else so that covers music for the most part so we've covered music and sports i have not seen that many movies this year but the ones that i did i think number one with a bullet and the most important movie to come out in 2017 and maybe in a much longer period than that is get out uh get out is probably even more i, I mean it's it's weird to cross compare different aspects of pop culture but i'm gonna remember get out and seeing get out in the movie theater with my boy dp dan perez shout out to dan uh i'm never ever gonna forget being in that movie theater as long as i live it was the most memorable movie theater experience i've ever had and a movie that just it's 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 hard it's really hard to put into words especially my perspective on it and I don't I'm not I'm going to try not to spoil it for people who haven't seen it yet but see it I think it's required reading and Jordan Peele said that he made it as a response to the lie that America was telling itself during the Obama era and it happened to come out right as uh, Donald Trump got inaugurated and it just it, it was it was exactly what needed to happen I hope it gets nominated for best picture and Jordan Peele gets nominated for best director uh, it certainly deserves that and you know depending on some of the other movies that I have not seen yet should be a top contender for best picture and I hope I cannot wait to see what Jordan Peele does next apparently he's going to do, reboot the Twilight Zone which is super super excuse me super exciting other movies that I have seen this year that I liked uh, I really really enjoyed Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi which has uh, been lauded by critics and the fans have been uh, much less uh, uh, they they have not enjoyed it nearly as much. It seems they're more divided. Some people like it. Some people really, really don't. I am a sucker for movies that take risks, especially big budget movies, because it's awesome when a big budget film doesn't play it safe. And Ryan Johnson, the director, who's done some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, took all the risks in this movie. And... I think a lot of them paid off, even if some of those decisions were not executed well. I'm going to, again, no spoilers here. If you haven't seen Star Wars, I recommend going to see it. I may do a full-on review of it. I know that it's been a couple weeks since it came out, but doing a full review of it would be a lot of fun. And and I I loved it, and it made me cry really hard twice. Now, granted, I'm an easy cry, but uh, it definitely got me feeling some type of way. And finally, last night, I saw the movie The Shape of Water, Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's latest work uh, starring Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer and Michael Shannon, and it was beautiful in in a similar way to uh, his famous work Pan's Labyrinth from a couple years ago, and it was gorgeous, and I also recommend The Shape of Water. So that's movies, music, and sports done, and... Television, television-wise, Game of Thrones season seven, which I've talked about a little bit on this pod with Eric Simpson and Megan Lambros, and actually, that brings me to one of my favorite moments of 2017, and that is the moment that I got a call from Eric Leroy Simpson, the number one fan of this show, who I'm sure is listening right now. When Eric called me to tell me that he and his 
girlfriend, Megan Lambros, who has also been on this podcast, that the two of them are engaged. And I, I, I love Eric uh, more than most of the people on this earth. And I love Megan very much too in the short time that I've known her. And I couldn't be happier for Megan and Eric that they're going to get married. Uh, I, I, hopefully we can get to do a post-marriage podcast. <laughs> That'd be really fun. Maybe like record it from the reception or something like that. But if Eric and Megan are listening, I love you. And I can't believe that uh, that's actually happening. I'm so happy for you. Uh, the other thing that has to be talked about this year is, is, is that we, we meaning as a country uh, lived through the first year of Donald Trump's presidency. And that had just, it, it was it was as someone who is minimally affected by the fact that Trump is president as a straight white male living in a blue part of a blue state for it to for it to be exhausting for me <laughs> just to to read Trump's tweets and to to read the coverage of him and to go through the the bills that the pieces of legislation that Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan were trying to pass uh, uh, and sort of swallowing the pill of Trump as president if that was exhausting for me I, I cannot I cannot imagine uh, what adjectives uh, you would use to describe how it was for other people who are more much more seriously affected by the fact that Donald Trump is president for the 800,000 DACA dreamers, for any any uh, uh, non-white person in this country, I'm sure that 2017 uh, uh, and seeing what Donald Trump did on a day-to-day basis was, uh, to, to put it mildly, horrifying and, and devastating. And so it's, it's, it's been a very, very long 12 months, but I think that Doug Jones mercifully provided some light and a ended 2017 on a positive note and i can safely say that i have never had more uh uh, intelligent political discussions with people who were previously not involved in any political discussion or didn't feel inclined to get informed about politics myself included i've i have felt more politically engaged than i ever have before and i think that that political engagement is going to last far beyond the Trump era, whether, whether that it lasts till whether, however long the Trump era is, whether it goes to 2020 or what. But I think that Doug Jones hopefully means we've turned a corner and it means that I, I, and also shout out to Charles Barkley who, uh, uh, for all his faults, I really do love Charles Barkley and, and the fact that he says what's on his mind. And when he was interviewed by Jake Tapper on CNN shortly after Doug Jones won, uh, the Senate race in Alabama, he said this was a wake-up call. He's, he, he nailed it. He said, we got a lot of ignorant people in Alabama, but we got a lot of great people too, and this is a wake-up call for Democrats to, 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 to care more about black people and poor people. And he, he absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I, despite despite how naive I felt <laughs> in the wake of uh, election night and in the wake of, of Trump getting elected, I remain optimistic that 2018 is going to help turn things around and that the the midterm elections are a chance for the Democratic Party to try to win back uh, the Senate and the House and try to really put a vice grip around the poisonous, venomous things that the Trump administration has been trying to do on a daily basis. And 
that's 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 the optimistic note I want to end this on because hopefully this this podcast actually goes up rather than the the five or six podcasts that have have failed uh, in between Thanksgiving and now. But it's been really fun doing this podcast. On a personal note, I have uh, begun a job coaching women's uh, basketball at my old high school, the Cambridge School of Weston, and it's been really fun. I absolutely adore coaching basketball. Being on a basketball court every day makes me a really happy person. Hearing the bouncing of the ball and the squeak of the sneakers and the swish of the net is is so therapeutic and such a it's just all positive i have nothing but positive associations with basketball even the 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 heartbreaking losses over the years uh it's it's just such a joyous joyous thing for me so i guess i guess i guess that could lead me to be because because i'm good at the mushy cheesy stuff to to lead with a piece of advice for people and that is to uh try to carve out time to um do things that on a very primal level uh, bring you enjoyment. And for me, basketball is one of those things. And eating, in particular, eating good food with people who I enjoy spending time with, which seems like such a given, but it's remarkable how little some people do that. Eat good food with people who they care about and enjoy spending time with. Uh, I love doing that and playing basketball and it, it, it's it's made me a very happy person. Granted, I've I feel like I've been happy for a long time. Even as I approach my quarter life crisis, I'm turning 25 in less than two weeks. Whew. And this podcast, one of my resolutions for New Year's is to spend more time doing these extracurricular things that bring me joy. Whether that's DJing, um, doing this podcast, practicing piano trying to trying to really dig in on those things and also getting back to writing uh, on my blog i haven't done an article in several months so i want to get back to doing those things and shout out to shout out to everybody who i work with at csw and everybody who i work with at lansdowne pub the lansdowne fam love you guys uh if if heather's listening or josh is listening don earl my boy joe russo any of those guys and I, th- I think that's going to do it for my solo podcast. I've talked long enough. I think that there were very few silent breaks. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice more than me. So <laughs> uh, thank you to, to our millions of listeners. I always make the joke that we have millions of listeners, but however many we actually do have, and I uh, ignorance is bliss on that. I don't know how just how few people listen to this, but for those who do, I really, really appreciate it, and I'm going to make the effort to try and get us better equipment and better uh, software to try and edit and upload these podcasts and try and try and make it as legit as possible over the next 12 months. 2018 is going to be our year. It's going to be my year. It's going to be your year. It's uh, We're, we're going to turn a corner and things are going to start turning around in 2018. I truly believe that. So uh, as always, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire at soundcloud.com slash fighting fire with fire. You can go on facebook.com slash the AJ Rocha. Give us a like. Um, tell us what you didn't didn't like about any of these podcasts. Give us a so hot right now recommendation. Uh, go on to iTunes. Go to the iTunes store. Go to the podcast section. Type in Fighting Fire with Fire. My podcast will pipe up. Subs- pipe up. It'll pop up. Subscribe to it. Give us a five-star rating or review. Tell us what you think. And... I will talk to you guys either uh, tomorrow because I'll upload another pod tomorrow or I will talk to you guys in 2018. I love you all. Cheers. Cheers.